Hello, everyone. Uh, welcome to the Purpose Tune Podcast. The purpose of the show is to create valuable content that broadens your knowledge, inspires you to act, and gain you the right mindset so you can apply it in your own life to drive impact, generate meaning, and achieve your purpose. Now, today's guest uh, is one that uh, is a remarkable one that I am looking that I've looked forward to uh, for a bit. Um, his name is Scott Perry. Uh, Scott is a creative on purpose, chief difference maker and author of Amazon top sellers, Endeavor and Onward. In addition to difference maker coaching, Scott is a head coach in Seth Golden's Akimbo workshops. Scott is a father and a husband. Uh, He goes on a cemetery run every day and uh, often quotes Marcus Aurelius for more often uh, than he should. Uh, Scott believes you can enhance your life through uh, not just hard work, but work that elevates others. He's on a mission to help people fly higher in the difference um, only they can make. So Scott, welcome to the show. It is a real thrill and an honor to be here. I can't wait to uh, spend this time with you and jump into this conversation. Thank you, Carl. Yeah, yeah. So tell us more about your background than what I've mentioned. Um, sure. I, uh, I was born in Fort Sill Army Hospital. No, we're not going to go all the way back there. <laughs> um, yeah, so I've I've been uh, I am a husband and a father first, and for much of my life, I also added teacher and musician to my tagline because I made a living primarily for most of my adult life as a professional full time performing musician and owner operator of a guitar studio. Uh, about three years ago, I shut down my performing career, felt, felt like I had ridden that pony as far as it was going to take me, had loved every moment of my career as a, as a professional musician, um, and just about the time I felt like I was no longer enjoying it to its full capacity, I decided that I'd just go ahead and retire that part of my life. And then just this past December, I closed down uh, my guitar studio, um, although that work for me was even more rewarding than my career as a performing musician. I probably have birthed at least a thousand new guitar players on the planet. I'm a big believer that music is one of the things that is makes us all kinder, smarter, uh, more connected, gentler, um, and, you know, saying goodbye to that element of my, my past has been um, somewhat challenging. Uh, but I am really, really excited about the work that I'm now doing at Creative on Purpose, which you um, have already highlighted what we're up to there is offering coaching a community that helps people fly higher in the difference only they can make. So working primarily with independent professionals, freelancers, entrepreneurs, people like that, that are seeking to either discover or de- better develop and deliver the difference that they seek to make through meaningful work done with and for other people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's amazing. And what inspired you to do this work? That is uh, all the fault of a gentleman by the name of Seth Godin. Uh, <laughs> if your viewers don't know who he is, he is a best-selling author of many, many books. His most recent is uh, based on a workshop where I head coach, which, which you mentioned, um, the Creatives Workshop, he, he, from which he developed the ideas that he shares in his current book, The Practice. His very first bestseller that he's most well known for is The Purple Cow, a book about marketing. Uh, 
And in 2016, in the summer of 2016, I participated in a workshop that he created called the Alt-MBA, a very intense one-month uh, program where you really explore the edges of your understanding and your ability uh, in, what, in not only what you do, but who you are. Um, I went into that program thinking I was going to really level up my online guitar studio uh, empire that I thought I was building and exited that program not even wanting to you know continue my career as a musician and guitar teacher but wanting to explore something else even though I didn't know exactly what that something else was for most of the last uh, five years but now um, you know within the last couple of years creative on purpose has become a, a thriving standalone brand that where I feel like I'm really um, doing the, the work that I'm meant to be doing now Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so I'm, of course, uh, I follow Seth on some of his platforms and, and inspired by his work. He's a brilliant entrepreneur and thought leader. How is it like, have you had the opportunity to work with him? And if so, how is it like? I work with him in the in the sense of, you know, being a contracted employee, being a coach in his programs. I've been a coach um, in his programs for the last three or through so maybe three or four years mm -hmm. um and you know i actually just before we jumped on this call we we're just having a back and forth in a slack room where we um you know connect with each other and i he i have had the privilege and the pleasure of you know spending some time at his office in uh right outside of new york city and um he's just been a, a from the beginning of my time in the alt mba he um you know he he has been someone that has shown uh, a lot of just been really beneficial in, in helping me see what I can't see in terms of my own potential, but also the way that I get my own way. Sometimes that's directly through conversation. Sometimes it's just from reading his blog or, you know, reading his books or listening to his podcast or what have you. Um, and because of my relationship as a coach, you know, I have had the opportunity to have him give you know me specific uh feedback or insight um or inspiration about the difference that i'm trying to make um you know i i knew that creative on purpose was what i needed to be doing after ignoring seth giving me advice about previous iterations of the brand um what now is creative on purpose began as the stoic guitarist and then morphed into the stoic creative and there was a point at which he said, you know, the Stoic Creative is a really not a great brand name. It's confusing. People don't really know what Stoicism is. They barely know what creativity is. Putting those two things together might be confusing. I said, oh, no, no, no. It's brilliant. It's brilliant because I came up with it. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to ride this horse. And I rode that horse for a year and struggled and, you know, spent a lot of time gnashing my teeth and pulling my hair out. When I rebranded re as Creative on Purpose, I he on one of my own broadcasts, made a point of saying, hey, just want to tell you, creative on purpose, brilliant, love it, you know, and, and so I learned my lesson from not paying attention um, <laughs> to someone like Seth giving, you know, trying to impart some wisdom uh, early uh, and decided that, you know, if Seth says that this is the brand, this is the brand and, and, and I'll, I'll, I'll make this work and so far so good. So as you know, this shows about purpose and meaning what is your definition of purpose I, 
That's a great question. And, you know, I think the way that we most frequently define purpose at Creative on Purpose and then the Difference Maker coaching program and community is around the idea of intention and integrity. You know, making, uh, doing something with purpose, on purpose, for a purpose is how we find our purpose. I think of, of purpose as um, not so much a destination that we discover, but uh, a way of being that we achieve through acting purposefully. I think the great, uh, one of the great crimes, you know, of, of our institutional education and, and work systems is we think that purpose and its frequent um, partner passion are things that we will find in certain types of jobs or certain times of domains or certain kinds of um, educational fields. And I don't think that that's actually true. I, you know, I know lots of people that are professionals in very important jobs, whether it's, you know, in the law or in uh, the medical fields. And, and they're deeply unhappy because they're not, you know, they, they're, they chased something that they felt was purposeful, but it wasn't actually something that really lit them up or, or fuels, fueled them. And they can't get out of it because of the sunk cost investment that it took them to get there. Whereas on the other hand, I know many, many people that um, are employing themselves at what, you know, we might think of as more humble professions that have a great sense of purpose and passion about what they do. Uh, and it's because of the way that they show up and the way that they approach the work. And one of the things that we say frequently in my community is, um, you know, purpose and passion are things that we will cultivate by paying attention and doing the work in front of us right now and bringing ourselves, you know, fully presently and mindfully uh, into that work and doing it with and for others for a specific intention, you know, that's going to enhance the experience for everyone. So I think of them um, less uh, as destinations and more as ways of being. Mm -hmm. Interesting, you mentioned ways of being. Um, when I think of that concept of being, I feel like a lot of people are either chasing the next greatest thing or a goal. And oftentimes they are often not enjoying the process. And so can you speak a little bit about your concept of meditation? I know you mentioned, you, you know, uh, you leverage meditation as a tool to inspire your life's work and how that ties into purpose hmm. yeah so I, I'm actually not a meditator I'm married to a really phenomenal meditator but I, you know I do have a mindfulness practice which is you know as you mentioned my cemetery run that's a, a time I spend taking in the beauty of nature because I run at, at, at the cemetery in town is the highest point in town I live in the um, shadow of the Blue Ridge Mountains I can see all the Blue Ridge of, that that's viewable from the county that I live in um, you know, I'm surrounded by fields and there's deer prancing around and there's cows lowing in the fields and, um, and, you know, and then there's these tombstones. So I'm reminded of how I'm connected to and a, a part of a greater system uh, of, it, of nature um, and that my time here is finite and probably of little consequence in the grand scheme of things. But it, it's of great consequence while I'm here and 
I just feel this responsibility to make the most, uh, you know, make the biggest difference I can with whatever time I have. And so in a way that, that is, a, that, that daily exercise of going for my cemetery run is a meditation on my purpose and, um, and, and the, the fact that my time on earth is finite and that I have a responsibility as a human being, um, you know, born with a social nature, born with the capacity for reason and born with a creative instinct to do everything I can to leave things better um, than, than, I, uh, than I entered. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's interesting that you mentioned going on a cemetery run is a mindfulness practice. I often don't think of running as a mindfulness practice for me. Of course, every person's different. And so that's, that's, that's something that's interesting, a concept that I haven't really thought of. But, um, and of course, you going on a cemetery run, it sounds like what I'm hearing from you is that it reminds you that life on earth our, our, our life on earth is, is short and limited and we have to um, do things to reach our fullest potential. Is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. I, I had this, uh, you know, we may get to the book later, but in my current book onward, the first chapter or the first section is called perfect in every way. And this is this annoying thing I say whenever somebody asks me, how are things going or how are you today? I always say perfect in every way. And it's not a statement of arrogance or like delusional Pollyanna thinking. It's um, it's a it's a another mindfulness practice. It's a way of reminding myself that you know if I choose to, I can attach myself to unhealthy stories about my past and you know be focused on mistakes and missed opportunities, or I can be unhealthily attached to results I have way out there in the future, mm -hmm. um, or I can be right here right now which is the only place in time where i have the ability to frame my situation in a way that reveals the choices that i you know, available and make the best decision that i can uh, from those choices and do something based based on that decision you one of the things that you mentioned in your previous question was this idea uh, um of goal you know thinking about goals and having you know how they're associated with um, purpose and you know I think aims and intentions are really important you know I, I wrote a handbook on you know kind of defining what vision is and how it's different from mission and how we can set intentional goals and create strategies and and try tactics that pursue them and we have to remember that most meaningful goals aren't as easily measured as all those smart goals that people are always telling us to, to, to create for ourselves. And yes, it's great to have smart goals where you can measure how close you are or how on or off track you are towards meeting those goals. But the, the more interesting goals to me and, the, and the, the thing that I would rather spend more of my time on is the process goals. So I can decide that I'm I'm going to lose weight and I can run every day, uh, which is how I began my, my ritual. Um, but it, it saying that I want to lose 75 pounds is a goal saying that I'm going to run is a, is a smart goal, but saying that I'm going to run every day, that's a process goal. And by just 
the act of getting myself to the cemetery and going for my run, I'm, I'm a runner and I can be completely absorbed and present in that process. And it is its own reward. So whether or not I achieve that smart goal in the future, if I'm doing the work every single day and I'm doing it with intention and integrity, and if I'm doing it in the pursuit of enhancing my life or the life of other people, that's its own reward. And it doesn't matter if I achieve the, 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 the measurable goal that I'm chasing. What I've found most of the time is you, we often don't hit the bullseye of our aim and aspiration. Um, mm -hmm. But if we're paying attention and if we're doing the work with intention and integrity, we'll end up somewhere great, especially if we're doing that work with and for the right people, people who share our values and need our talents to enhance their lives. Um, so long-winded answer to a very, very short question. Sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, not at all. Just that's great to hear your insight about it. So I know that you've written uh, two Amazon top sellers and you're releasing the next title, Onward. And you shared that Onward is a process of embracing uncertainty, navigating adversity, and stepping to possibility. And as you know, in life, we've all been in moments where we are in situations of uncertainty. Look at the pandemic and what that has mm. done to millions of Americans in terms of losing their their jobs and and not knowing what's next and and then having to face adversity. So how, how's your how, how do you get people to transform their lives or embrace those moments of um, adversity and uncertainty? So the process that is unpacked and onward um, is based on some uh, some three ancient disciplines that come from Stoic philosophy that also inform modern psychology and um, uh, including rational emotive behavioral therapy, cognitive behavioral therapy, and positive psychology. And the the discipline, the, the three disciplines as they're laid out in Stoic philosophy are the discipline of perception, the discipline of action, and the discipline of will. And the first step is to just frame the situation as it really is, as opposed to the way we usually do it, which is by um, getting by re reacting based on strong emotional attachments or just strong desires. Um, and you know, if we hold any situation at arm's length and contextualize ourselves in that situation and look at it objectively without those strong value judgments, then we have an opportunity to um, be a little bit more responsive as opposed to react reactive. You know, we are programmed by evolution and biology to for the fight or flight response to most situations, um, even though most of the time those situations are, don't involve life or death. Um, so if we can frame things a little bit more objectively and bring a little bit more of our rational capacity and we are then able to frame more choices and look at the, the and make decisions best on what might be not just best for ourselves and our own selfish interests, but what might be um, help 
enhance the situation for all the people that we find ourselves surrounded by in every any given moment. So objective judgment is is the first um, thing that we're we're seeking, and then the discipline of action is just that the discipline of not just choosing but actually taking that small step into possibility and that small that that approach of approaching our potential and possibility through a series of small steps number one can help us be a, lot, a half a shade braver about stepping into uncertainty um, and it's a way of reminding ourselves that we always overestimate what we can get done in, a, in an hour or a day or what have you, but we underestimate what will happen over time. So, you know, if we look back at a, a daily process of small steps at the end of a year, we've come a great distance, but on a day-to-day -day basis, it might not feel that way. And then finally, the dis discipline of will is the point I was making earlier, which is paying attention to the process that the... Um, the decisions that we make, the actions that we take, those, the effort, the quality of our effort that we put into the, those decisions is its own reward. If we engage with integrity and intention with the idea of altruism and affiliation, that, um, that that's good enough. Whether or not we win the prize, get the promotion, whatever Thing that we might be chasing, paying it, doing the best that we can, uh, and with what we have, when we have it, with the people that we find ourselves with, that will be good enough. What do you mean by affiliation? Affiliation, uh, other ways of framing that that we use at Creative on Purpose are fellow travelers or fellowship. Um, we spend, you know, some time. Talk, thinking about our relation yeah routines and relationships are really important this is how change happens and we should be constantly kind of thinking about and upgrading the people we spend our time with and the things that we're doing because that's how we make change for the better happen and it's one of the things that we have some control over and you know, we don't have, as you indicated and in, you know in these pandemic times we're painfully aware of how little is actually within our control um, and that all those things that we take for granted you know remind us that yeah everything was great the way it is but it was not as good as it could be or should or perhaps even should be you know so the pandemic and then you know again reckoning over our inability to um, to, to reconcile issues around racial and, and social injustice um, you know, all the political upheaval that we're in the midst of right now, even as, you know, we're about ready to, to change administrations. Mm -hmm. um, you know, all reminders that, you know, things are always uncertain. It's just that for a period of time in 2020 and 2021, we're going, we're, the world is going through the same uncertainty. Mm -hmm. That people suffered much of the time unnecessarily is, of course, um, needs to be acknowledged and it is saddening. At the same time, there's always suffering going on in the world. It just so happened that the suffering touched everyone at the same time, even people that look like me. Mm -hmm. um, at the same time, there's always opportunity mm -hmm. in those moments. 
if we, you know, to the point uh, of your podcast, if we approach them with intention, if we, mm-hmm. if we approach them on purpose for a purpose and with purpose, we can find the obstacles and, and or the opportunities and the obstacles. We can find the silver linings in, in the situations that, you know, are challenging us. Um, if we approach it thoughtfully, deliberately, and do it together in affiliation with the people that we find ourselves um, mm-hmm. with in any given moment, we can choose who those people are. Mm-hmm. So we can choose who those people are. How do we find them? And how do we identify which people, persons we should follow? Yeah, that's a great question. Is it aligned um, with our values? Is it aligned with our interests, our passion? Or do we identify individuals who have been in this space, in whatever space that we're, we're in, for quite some time that have the experience and wisdom and knowledge that can share with us? Yeah, you, you've certainly hit on a plenty of good places to start. Um, you know, if you go to creativeonpurpose.com, at the very top of the page is this Venn diagram where... Um, I share what I think is um, a, a powerful um, process to, to try and to at least contemplate, which is start with who, which and the who you should start with is you. Who are you? What are your values? What are your guiding principles? What you know? What are the the the, the things upon which you will not equivocate or um, compromise? Uh, you should. You should know what those things are. You should also know that those are things that can change over time. And, you know, so a values check-in, what's important to me now, what's, what matters now is a great place to start. Mm-hmm. Take, taking an inventory of your talents, the things that you were, you know, kind of born with a, a, a proclivity or um, talent for, um, but also your skills, hard and soft. There's, you know, things that you learned on in school and on the job that you should pay attention to. There's also just the human skills, the soft skills of, you know, communication, interaction uh, as human beings that you've been practicing since you exited the womb. You should be paying attention to what those are. And then if you find, if you, if you look for people who share your values and need your skills and talents to enhance their lives at the center of that, those three things is work that you could be doing right now that would fill you with a sense of fulfillment and flourishing, uh, you know, peace and, uh, and, and purpose and prosperity and passion. Um, it doesn't mean, and it's not just one thing. I don't believe that there's any one thing that you're born to do. You're not born for any particular vocation or job or, or endeavor. Um, but at any given moment, you can choose an endeavor that you're meant for now and, apply yourself thoughtfully, deliberately, and in service generously, you know, toward others. And whether or not that's your occupation or a side hustle or a passion project or a second act career, you will find it will help you cultivate meaning and identity that will help you become a happier and healthier person. Mm. Wow, thank you for that. I, so as you know, today is Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, and every year I go out and choose an, a nonprofit organization and I volunteer with them to either 
uh, feed the homeless or pack lunches for uh, students who do not have enough to eat. And of course, this year is a bit different. And you also touched on the concept of service to others. And as I'm reading through all of these articles and journals about purpose and meaning, they all seem to have one thing in common, which is service. Mm -hmm. Can you speak up about the concept of service and how that ties into purpose? Yeah. Well, I think um, there's, I, I, I've recently been listening to some interviews that David Sloan Wilson is doing where he points out, you know, this word altruism is actually a very new word. It's only been around since the mid 1800s. Um, you know, and this idea, you know, this altruism, this idea of service, doing work with and for others, you know, which also um, layers in the idea of generosity and sacrifice and worthiness. And I mean, there's so much there. Again, going back to my study of ancient philosophy, which I've been doing since I was in the seventh grade. So it's been a long time for me. Um, you know, one of the things that most philosophical and spiritual disciplines have arrived at in terms of what does it mean to be human and what does it mean to be happy is acknowledging our social nature. Uh, that's how we survived as a species. You know, the, the likelihood that, you know, these that we, the species of hairless apes, would be the, the thing that dominates the planet is a miracle because when we came on the scene, everything was bigger and faster than us and like the way we tasted. So how did we, how did we survive? By banding together. Um, that helped us develop language. That enlarged our brains. That be helped us become more creative um, and efficient problem solvers, and this is how uh, this is this is how we have progressed and evolved. Um, you know, and whether you think that that is a good thing for the planet or not, is, I think is easy. E e I, it, that's definitely a debate um, worth having. Um, but but our social nature is how we got to where we are. It's why we're here at all. And so I think it's just a fundamental human impulse. And if we, if we approach that impulse with more, uh, more of our conscious, rational, reasonable um, ability and our crea creative capacity, the, the ability to make change happen and solve interesting problems, um, you know, that's those three things are kind of, in many ways for me, what it's all about, uh, you know, so the answer to what does it mean to be human and what does it mean to be happy and how do I become more of both is acknowledging what's true, those, those three things that we're social creatures born with the capacity for reason and a creative nature, um, and then apply those basic human impulses uh, to meaningful work and the only kind of meaningful work that really matters is work that enhances uh, other people's lives and that's how you're going to elevate and cultivate your own you know virtue and goodness and excellence uh, so th you know that for me that it's it's all just woven in together 
Right, right. Of course, the process of finding purpose is not as easy as one think. Maybe for others, it isn't. But for many, it, it is. And my, the, the question that I'm struggling with is, how can we get more people to tap into their own purpose? And I think that part of it has to do with values, identifying what values you hold. And then of course, also identifying what's your passion and how can you leverage your passion to elevate others to create a community of purpose-driven people or um, a, a community where people can be more of themselves. So speaking about authenticity and honesty, you have to have those traits in order to really tap into your own purpose and really find meaning and fulfillment. And so the, the question I have here for you is how do you, when you're faced with difficult times, how do you tap into your purpose? Is that something that you have to remind yourself? that, okay, I may be struggling with, I just lost my job due to the, the pandemic and I may be struggling with uh, employment right now, but is it a moment, I mean, what are some of the tools and resources that people can tap into to ensure that they're still <clears throat> on this trajectory of finding their purpose and not being, um, you know, sidelined by these difficult, circumstances that they're dealing with at the moment? Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, I, th I think one thing would be like, you mentioned about meditation, which is great. I think that I, I, I myself, you know, one of the, I, I, I like to work out a lot, not just because that's my passion, but I, it also releases stress and you know, all the benefits that comes with it. And I have relationships that I hold on to near and dear that I, you know, am in touch with every once in a while. And so those relationships help guide me through moments of difficulties. I'm just wondering what, what other tools or resources that people could tap into um, to ensure that they're still on, the, on this path of uh, finding their own purpose. Because as you know, it's a lifelong journey. It's not something you wake up and say, oh, okay, this is my purpose. I know it. I'm, that's, that's it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, the, the two things that leap to mind, um, well, several things leap to mind, but the, the, the two approaches that leap to mind that, that I have found to be the most helpful are to, again, this idea of starting with first principles mm -hmm. um, and to, you know, the, you know, if you go all the way back You know, when you were a, a baby, you were um, you were not concerned with purpose and passion. Um, there were things happening around you that you wanted to do too, and you figured out how, that the way to do them was to do them badly until you could do them not as badly, until you could do them okay, until you could do them well, until you could do them without thinking about them. You know, mm -hmm. You want to be, you, you see people communicating with each other. They're doing this talking thing. You don't even know what it's called, but it looks like it, it looks like it's fun. Um, and there are people are doing it to you. 
Um, and so you start, you just simply start. You, you know, gurgles and goo goos and gagas become syllables, become words, become phrases, become sentences, become paragraphs, become stories. And, you know, it's a long process of doing it badly, of failing, right. of making mistakes. Um, and learning and improving in a very um, small steps mm -hmm. until you do it so well that you don't even think about it anymore. So this idea of approaching all of this with that childlike sense of wonder and well, I'll reference my uh, um, Natalie Nixon's book, the, the Creativity Leap, which I think is a brilliant book. And, and she has this uh, you know, approach to creativity where it's wonder and rigor, this childlike sense of wonder that, you know, thinking about possibility and what could be, and then putting, and then the discipline to do the work that's necessary without the negative self-talk, without this, the, the shame, without the, the sense of humiliation when things don't go as planned, but to show up every day and do the work until the work is done. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, approaching and just, you know, at Creative on Purpose, uh, we try to remind each other all the time that it's supposed to be fun. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, you know, it doesn't have to be a slog. It's not supposed to be a grind. The idea of grinding is anathema to us. The, the idea that the only way to get something meaningful done is to grind yourself to a dust that that makes no sense. Mm -hmm. um, the other is, is to, to accept that you will not change people's minds. Mm -hmm. I mean, look at the current situation. Look at, I mean, we can't even, right. we can't even get people to follow the science around, you know, wearing masks and getting vaccine shots. And I mean, people, be, are, we, we believe what we believe. Um, and we very infrequently change our minds around belief. Oh. Um, but we can hold space and grace for different differing perspectives and opinions and beliefs and i think we can start with where can we find agreement you know i always you know if i'm talking to somebody with different political beliefs or religious beliefs or um cultural beliefs of any kind it's like, like let's just start with you know what what's important you know your family is that important oh okay family's important to me too um, truth or honesty is that yeah, okay you know what I actually believe in you know just starting from the common mm -hmm. um, basic human impulses and um, and then just using you know as a coach just you know I, I I'm always trying my best to not tell people what I think or tell people what to think but mm -hmm. asking questions that lead them to their own discernment that lead them you know to their own insights uh you know and sometimes that involves holding some very difficult tensions and, and space you know and silence for them to step into mm -hmm. um you know the thing that they they sense but don't yet see right. um and the, these are all skills that we can all get better at and, and you get better at them by by doing them badly until you do them well, by practicing and making a daily habit of, again, routines and relationships, um, a daily habit of, of doing this important human work of mm -hmm. trying to connect and trying to make things better. Right. Yeah, that's, that's amazing.
of course, in an age of digital information, it's a choice that every individual make, whether to take in the information that's presented to them and internalize it and assess whether if it's true or not. Or, you know, what I'm afraid is, is that people don't have this critical mind and they just read and believe there's no filter. And so that's one of the reasons why we are at a current political state that we are is that certain individuals don't have the, the, the ability to filter through those information, think critically. And maybe it also has to do with uh, that we failed them, you know, as a society that we don't have the proper educational system in place. And so that's, uh, you know, it's, there's, it's, 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 it seems like it's a systems issue, but it's also an individual responsibility issue. Well, I think that's, that's brilliant. I just want to stick a pin in that because what you said is really profound and important. <laughs> Trusting processes like inquiry mm -hmm. or compassion is very different than trusting systems or institutions, you know, and we have all bought a bill of goods that's not really serving us anymore in terms of the institutional way that we educate and the institutional way in which we pass money around through work. Mm -hmm. And we're probably, you and I probably are not going to change either one of those things. Mm -hmm. And you and I have a circle of connection, of influence, of people that who's who's you know who we've earned their attention awareness trust uh and permission to engage in thoughtful dialogue and maybe meaningful work and mm -hmm. if you and i and everybody else just pays attention to having respectful clear thoughtful discourse dialogue and doing with the people in our sphere of, of in, influence that they will do this you know it will there will be a ripple effect and this is how change has always happened you mentioned martin luther king day you know martin luther king did not want to lead a movement he really had to be cajoled almost bullied into leading the montgomery bus boycott um and you know it began very, very humbly. It began as a, <laughs> as something that was, everybody felt was destined to fail. Uh, and it grew into a movement that led to change our institutions. Um, and this is how it always happens. You start where you are with what you have, with who, whom you found yourself surrounded by, and do the best you can. And until you know better, and then you can do better, to paraphrase Maya Angelou. Right. Uh, that's how meaningful change happens. It's the way it's always happened. Right. Yeah. I mean, the, the concept of finding your own purpose is such a loaded you know, concept. And so I like your idea about starting small and then working from there. And I think that for those individuals that are maybe they don't have a sense of direction in their lives or they're trying to find fulfillment or meaning that always remember that 
a great idea always starts with something small. And so that's, uh, that's incredible. Um, we're about uh, that time. So where can people find you and your work? Sure. Um, it used to be that if you Googled Scott Perry, I would be the first person that showed up. And then there was this congressman from Pennsylvania that showed up on the scene. And then uh, some <laughs> basketball coach for some basketball team uh, showed up. And, and it turns out that um, <laughs> basketball players and politicians get more love from the Google algorithm than um, retired <laughs> musicians and, and authors. So have you, uh, have you reached out to him and say, hey, uh... actually, <laughs> I, I've, I've met Scott Perry, the representative on several occasions, because oh. for a while we were going back and forth. Uh, one year I would be on top, another year he would be on top. But then when the basketball coach came on the scene, we just like, we're like, oh, well. Um, <laughs> but if you put Scott Perry and Creative on Purpose in a search, I will definitely come up. Uh, I'm easy to find online and on social media, but if you go to creativeonpurpose.com, uh, there's plenty of insight and inspiration to be gleaned just from the website and the blog. Um, there are free tools and resources that you're welcome to explore. And of course, the coaching and community is there for anybody that wants to take a bold, bolder step into their potential and into possibility with the difference only they can make. Wonderful, wonderful. Well. Thank you so much for your time. Um, I suppose one last question I, I have here, which I usually ask all my guests is what advice would you give my listeners on purpose? I don't, again, I'm not supposed to be giving advice as a coach. I'm supposed <laughs> to ask. You know, there's, um, there's a, an introduction to one of his books of poetry by E.E. E. Cummings, where he talks about always the more beautiful question. And, you know, I think you're doing really meaningful, profound and important work on with, with this podcast and broadcast and, and what you're, you're building and, and the ideas that you're sharing and the change that, that you're initiating. And it really comes down to the continued per, to pursuit for each of us to find our more beautiful question, the question that we can be in pursuit of, because if it's figure outable, if it's a question easily answered, it's probably not really a, a, a good enough question to base your life's journey on. Um, you know, the more beautiful question is a question that is always that mo moves further out on the horizon as you approach, as you approach it. So I would, you know, my advice would be, if you're not yet pursuing um, a, a, a question, mm -hmm. find yourself a question worth pursuing. And if you are pursuing a question, always be in pursuit of that more beautiful question. And mm -hmm. again, uh, enjoy, enjoy the journey because that's really all that's yours. And you might as well have some fun and surround yourself with uh, amazing people while you're, while you're in that pursuit. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree with that. Well, Scott, thank you again so much for your time and sharing your insights. Really appreciate it. And uh, we hope that uh, uh, folks who are listening to this podcast will take um, all that's being shared, um, you know, seriously and um, really transform their lives in, in positive ways. Uh, so thank you, Scott. Thank you so much, Kong. What a great conversation. Thank you for facilitating it.